Welcome to the Noble Warrior Podcast. I'm your host, CK Lin, former tech executive turned entrepreneur. This podcast is about purpose and what other people have already figured out. My intention is that you use these lessons and insights to have more impact, more prosperity, and more joy in life and business. And maybe one day, you even join our tribe. My next guest, she's the co-founder of SockBay. She's an experiential producer. She's the founder of Inner Refuge, a production company that specializes in uniting people and igniting change through ancestral knowledge, energy work, and practices that guide human consciousness towards realignment with the planet. Please welcome Maria Sanchez-Ratsuki. Thank you so much for being here, Maria. Thank you, CK, for the invitation. I'm very happy to participate. So... First question, what is Sakbe and what does it stand for? Sakbe means the white path in Mayan. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the, the roads that they built that connected the sacred sites. Um, and it represents the sacredness of our culture for me. Mm. And, um, and what does it stand for? It stands for tradition, it stands for um, ancestral wisdom, it stands for cultural heritage. Mm. And so cultural heritage specifically for the Mexican culture or? Yeah, yes, specifically for the Mexican culture, for the, Mm. um, we work mostly with the Mexica tradition. Mm-hmm. And also we weave in some elements of the Mayan tradition, mm-hmm. m- mainly Mexica. Okay. So since I'm a newbie to that specific culture, is there anything, um, if you were to teach CK, what is a tradition or what is a specific value that that particular culture that you uh, value so much? That would be really great. Yeah, of course. Um, so I think the, the, the most representative and valuable thing uh, of the Mexica tradition is the, the work we do within the medicine wheel. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a tradition that teaches us how to balance the elements within ourselves, working with the different directions and with the different elements. Um, it involves a lot of uh, singing with the wewe, the drum. It involves mm. a, also the, a very important part of this tradition is a dance, the Mexica dance. And, and this is a, a, a tradition that has been, um, been, been uh, taught for hundreds of years. And it is um, a way of us to communicate with the, with the spiritual world, with the elements, with everything, with the earth, with everything that surrounds us. Mm, I love it. That's a beautiful uh, articulation of that. So how do you incorporate that into the Sakbe Think Camp? Um, first of all, we incorporate it by asking for permission. Um, every every gathering that we do, every retreat that we host or event, 
um, we use the 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 tools and the the spiritual techniques that the, our our teachers our elders have been transmitting to us to ask for permission um, to the to the elements to the place to the spirits of each place to open uh, and to give us guidance to give us permission to do the work that we're doing that that would be the the first um, element of it um also we we use the 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 the, the singing the drum uh, we we teach people how to open their voices um through coming together in one heart the huewe in our tradition represents the the heart Mm -hmm. And the moment that we uh, get together around this heart, around this drum, connecting us in one beat with the drum, we're connecting our hearts. And it is a reminder that we are all, all together, uh, synchronized, working together. And we can harmonize our hearts by, with this drum, with this singing. And these um, chants, these songs that we're sharing are also part of our tradition for hundreds of years. And we believe that they carry a lot of, a lot of medicine in them. So this would be another, another uh, teaching or practice that we share mm -hmm. uh, in our gatherings, in our events. Um, also, the, the, the work we do with the elements, uh, with the saumador, with the, the saumador is the, how we were, the, the incense holder, where mm. we um, uh, burn uh, different medicines like copal and, and sage and tobacco. Mm. And also the work we do around the fire. So uh, we work a lot with um, connecting with the fire, which we believe it is um, an energy, like a very old energy that transmits a lot of wisdom. And we see different representations of the fire with, uh, when, we are, when we are working together. So I think those would be the most essential parts all right, so I want to double click on uh, rituals in a moment, but let's zoom out for for a moment about Sakbe, the the theme camp for a bit. Mm -hmm. um, um, how long has it been around, and how what got you started Sakbe in the first place? So uh, the community of Sakbe started coming together uh, in uh, around thirteen years ago mm -hmm. to um, a non-profit uh, gathering that do we did every year in a self-sustainable community in the middle of the jungle of, of Quintana Roo. And we um, convoked uh, every year um, our community to participate in this gathering to raise funds for different non-profit organizations. Um, and this is an event that from the beginning um, had a, ver uh, a spiritual aspect to it uh, where we 
we weave in uh, these um, traditions uh, combined with music and wellness. So mm. from the beginning, it was um, we were proposing um, a, a new way of celebrating, a conscious celebration. Mm. And this was the, the beginning, the very beginning of like our community, uh, us together as a community. Uh, in 2018, uh, Max Camp invited mm. us to, to create a village with them. Um, and this was the first year we did the camp uh, at Burning Man. And also was the end of that uh, chapter of the, the jungle gatherings. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. So when we when we started the camp, we also finished the the, the, the chapters of the that chapter of the jungle gathering. Okay, and... so so pause one second. Mm -hmm. So so the community has been around for thirteen years, and Burning Man Think Camp is since two thousand eighteen. So mm -hmm. the community is really the engine that powers uh, whatever manifestation, whatever expression that looks like. So you closed up the jungle. And mm -hmm. you started the thing camp. Why? Why did you close down the jungle? I feel like uh, it was like the natural, organic uh, end of it. You know, like I, I feel like uh, we, um, the the Tulum and and this area of Mexico changed a lot in those uh, eight years that we we did the event, mm -hmm. and I feel like. Um, when we did the last event, we felt we all felt that it was a you know the end of that of that chapter. Mm -hmm. And you, you, it's it's actually interesting that you went from the jungle to the desert. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so what gave birth to the desert? As um, in, as as in energetically, you know, symbolism-wise, like mm -hmm. why is the desert more? compelling more attractive than say the yeah. um maybe um not more attractive is different it's a different uh, energy mm -hmm. um i think the, the the what brought us in into the desert was a brotherhood and sisterhood and collaboration mm. that was i feel like what the, the initial fire the initial you know the, the initiator um, because it was uh, our brother. Uh... Hey everyone, just want to take a quick break to ask for your support. As you know, I don't run any ads or sell anything on this podcast. The only way I can continue to bring you inspiring stories and ideas is if you help me spread the word. By rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast, you can help even more entrepreneurs and leaders to discover, express, and amplify their purpose. You can help them have a better relationship with themselves, trust their intuition, and pursue things that bring them more aliveness in life and in business. It only takes you a few seconds to leave a review, and it means the world to me. But more importantly, it could change someone's life. So if you have a moment, please rate and review this podcast and share with your friends and colleagues. Thanks for your support. Now back to the episode. community, um, Maxa, and also Mayan Warrior, who, 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 you know, invited us to collaborate on this project. Mm 
So, you know, feeling supported, feeling, uh, you know, that, that it was, we were part of something bigger, mm-hmm. you know, that maybe we could also uh, have impact in, in more people and, um, and, you know, bring our, our print and our, our seed mm. to, into this uh, larger city and community that is Burning Man. Mm. I love it. So one thing that I, from my research, I saw a lot of collaboration, yeah. uh, whether it's, and then you also give a lot of attribution, a lot of credit to, hey, so-and-so did the video, so-and-so did the music. Mm-hmm. And then it was, it's very obvious uh, that's, you know, just from the footprints that you have out on the internet, there's a lot of collaboration happening. So I'm curious, how did, um, why did community and collaboration become so important from your perspective as the, the co-founder, the, the architect of these experiences? Why is community and, and collaboration so important? Um, I've, I think I feel that uh, without community, we cannot get very far. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like uh, we can achieve um, more growth uh, when when we're working in a sangha or mm-hmm. in a community. You know, when when you have people that that support uh, that support each other in their spiritual path, in their spiritual growth, that that everyone keeps accountable um, from e- each other, you know? And, and I feel like this is, this is why, why the community is so important because we are um, uh, a project that is based on that in, in, in community, in spiritual growth, in, in celebrating, and it is focused on, on participation and collaboration. So for the people who, uh, let's say, are very, very capable, it's very easy for them to say, nah, you know, it's community takes too much work, too much time, too much, you know, bickering back and forth to do community type oriented projects. Mm-hmm. It's faster if they just do it themselves, right? So that's uh, the curse of the capable people. So were you always very community oriented or there was something, a, a, a event that happened that, that have you changed your mind? Um, I, I, I feel like I was always community oriented from, from mm. uh, also from the family where I was brought in. Um, and, you know, the, the example of my parents, what they do, I feel like it's always been, my life has been, uh, marked uh, uh, if it's the, I don't know if it's the right word but by by the work uh, in community and 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 with our culture um, mm. and at the same time I feel like uh, the the same uh, the work and the path and working within community has been giving me um, those insights and and those uh, on the on that understanding of how to empower um, our our community to to take leadership because mm. in the beginning I I don't think I had the tools and it's been a, a learning process and a journey mm. of how to 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 keep understanding, you know, maybe my nature in the beginning was more uh, uh, solo, 
mission mm-hmm. and slowly it's been growing more into community and collaboration oh beautiful so uh what are some of those tools you know to foster community collaborations and con- contribution and allowing sh- yeah so what are some of those tools yeah i would say um listening you know like having a lot of conversations um with with uh, the people that surround you the core the core team the the core um community uh, receiving a lot of feedback um also um, being clear being clear with the communication and the expectations um and and and, and vision uh, having a clear vision of, of why is uh, why what why is that we're doing what we're doing and and what is the the vision for the community and where we went where are we going okay so on that note i want to focus on the think camp but obviously there are lessons in the, you know from the from running think camps to business family community society as a as a whole so um, but but i do want to focus on on the think camp mm-hmm. So when Sakbay Sok, was conceived, uh, you said since 2018, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how is it governed? Like how was the vision formulated from the beginning? Was it, you know, benevolent dictatorship, right? <laughs> so where, where it's coming from one person and goes down or was it more consensus basis? Like here's a community, let's, you know, talk for hundreds of hours and formulate what is the vision of what uh, value we stand for and so forth. How did you formulate uh, and form the, the vision? Mm-hmm. Um, in the very beginnings of SACBE, SACBE, the event uh, that took place in the, in the jungle was start, we started it together with um, um, my ex-life partner and mm. two other friends mm. and uh, yeah yeah mm-hmm. so and, and at this time it was um each of us had a different uh, background and we were a good uh, complement to each other um i had more of a production logistics background um, and also a creative in the sense of like experiential creation mm-hmm. and, and, the, and the other one had more experience with management and the other one had more experience with music. So it was like a good compliment. And at the time we were, it was a very small uh, um, project. We were just, uh, you know, the first, the first events, we were just making events for 100, 150 people. Mm-hmm. So it was very balanced in terms of like uh, what each, the, the contribution that each of us had and the ideas that each of us had. The other one was the, the founder of this self-sustainable community um, mm-hmm. in the jungle that was the other partner. So he was more uh, involved with all of the governance of that community and the communications with that community. Um, 
and uh, yeah so it was it was very balanced at the moment mm -hmm. and then um i i feel like and it stayed like this uh, until we finished the last uh, the, the the last jungle gathering mm -hmm. and when we started the camp um it uh, we're a baby camp still mm -hmm. i you know mm -hmm. we still uh there's so much that we are learning every year um and in the beginning i feel like i was a uh, taking more more weight and more decisions and slowly it's been um it's been changing in that sense you know more campers are getting involved more um more support more our team is is taking lead of more areas so so yeah it's still uh, you know in a in a, in a it's still changing and evolving in that sense well i mean jennifer russell uh of mystic recommended you and to me and obviously uh, sakbe has made an impression on her so the camp may be young but you know you know the impressions are being made by you know people are taking recognition to it right thank you yeah it's it's only our third year on the playa and i feel like we have so much to to learn from from leaders uh, from other camps mm. so how do you govern you know in terms of the reason why i'm asking that specific question is this because especially young camps mm -hmm. they're very ambitious and 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 they may want to do large things and some of them are able to pull it off some of them are not able to yeah. so there's a lot of heartaches mm -hmm. in that so i think governance mm -hmm. is an important topic for aspirational camp organizers to mm -hmm. think about from the very beginning so i'm curious yeah. to know knowing what you know today yeah. how what has worked for sakbe in terms yeah. of governance so um ma i i feel like i the way I govern is I, I believe in uh, baby steps and organic growth and um, and keeping things as simple as possible um, and, and functional. Um, and what it has um, really, what we started doing last year um, in terms of like community, on the community aspect, we created uh three different committees um mm. and one one of them is finance the other one is inner growth and the other one is community mm. and um there is different leads and experts on each uh, committee and what we're doing is like dive deep into this i think they are like the main uh subjects for us the pillars of the camp you know like and sustainability, sorry, and sustainability. Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, in sustainability is like how can we uh, slowly take uh, steps into becoming uh, a, to reducing our our footprint, um, and what are the technologies that we can bring in, and what are the practices and the and the habits that we can change and we can incentivize our campers to do so we can be 
more sustainable and aware of this uh, aspect. Um, and there's a lot of different calls throughout the year with the committees and also the campers are invited to participate in this in these calls to take decisions to but it's all organic slow for example this year in terms of sustainability what we what we our goal was to recycle compost um, and uh, reduce our petrol consumption and our water consumption. And um, next year it is to uh, solar power and one area of the camp, for example. And so this is this is the way, I don't know if with this I'm answering your, your question or, or would you like me to address another aspect? No, I mean, this is good. So you have community uh, committees and who mm -hmm. is responsible for specific pillars in your camp and then you're empowering them throughout mm -hmm. the year to be able to lead and, and guide the direction of that those specific pillars, right? So that's mm -hmm. what I'm gathering so far, yes? Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. In terms of community, for example, within the this, the, the committee of, com of community, it is um, what are the within the community we also circle in that inner growth, mm -hmm. and what are the the subjects and the and the teachers that we want to share, um, and also organizing a separate committee committee for this so people that are part of the camp can keep um, engaging throughout the year, and mm -hmm. also. There are so many healers and, and facilitators in our community, in our camp, that they all would like to share uh, mm -hmm. their, their teachings and their practices. So creating all of that uh, content and, and, and that uh, activity, interactivity to um, keep engaging in a deeper way with our community. So downloading all of these ideas is what the community, the committee of community does. Mm -hmm. um, and then finance, you know, uh, we're starting to explore um, the blockchain world, but baby steps, no, it's not a completely go all the way uh, to a DAO or something like this, but slowly, how can we start maybe using NFTs to, to fundraise or uh, things like this? So yeah, this, these are the different elements that uh, I, I think are key to our governance at the moment. Okay, so before I go into uh, the specifics of what have you learned, I'm curious because Burning Man is a collection of social experiments, right? In mm -hmm. Sac Bay, it's in a way a social experiment inside of this big container of social experiments. So I'm curious, what ideas is Sac Bay experimenting mm. in terms of the, the, the greater um yeah what what big ideas is Sakbe experimenting in terms of projects or or the theme the the philosophy the vision uh -huh. like good. so i i would say that our main um purpose with the camp mm -hmm. is uh, to use it as a vessel for growth mm -hmm. um, and for evolution of our community. Mm. Um, 
and and to do it uh, while uh, celebrating while celebrating mm. um and to our vision is to you know to create uh, a happy um you know content uh, uplifting mm. community and also within burning man to create a soft landing you know um, i mm. feel like the the weather um the weather can in Birmingham can be harsh mm -hmm. so uh, sometimes so providing that nest and and keep it as rooted as possible uh that's our our vision you know mm. like keep it uh, to remind us you know of like what are the <clears throat> the ancestral what is the ancestral uh, wisdom telling us how can mm. we apply these tools um i feel like sometimes in burning man everything is kind of like technological and mm. and um, and masculine sometimes mm -hmm. uh, so our mission and our vision is uh, to keep it simple to keep it as simple as possible organic growth uh, and and share these these seeds of wisdom just looking at the content, uh, the limited content that I see, mm -hmm. you know, it, it feels very warm. Mm -hmm. It feels very community driven. Mm -hmm. I love the music. Mm -hmm. And I wish I had known about Sock Bay when I was uh, at Burning Man this year. I would have visited, yeah. you know, I would have hung out a lot over there. It's a very... I would have loved to have you. Oh, thank year. you. Thank you. Yeah. So, okay. So inside of growth in celebration, that's what I gather from your answer so far, mm -hmm. if, if that's the overarching theme or, or overarching direction, mm -hmm. what have you learned that worked? And what have you learned that didn't work inside of the Burning Man container? Yeah. Um, what works very well is the content. The what? The, the, the content. The, the content. Mm -hmm. the, the, I feel like what it doesn't have so much of a tangible value, you know, like mm -hmm. what the, the, what people experience, that is like the most nourishing part of our offering, mm -hmm. um, what it's being transmitted, you know, the energy that, that the, all of the, uh, our core campers carry and, and share with us the teachings, mm. um, the music, the the medicine, you know, all of these. Uh, and by the medicine, I mean the songs, the, not the... Mm. Yeah, the I understand. <laughs> uh, and what it hasn't worked, um, I think we have a lot of growth, a lot of uh, space to grow still in the... Uh, how can we better, uh, how can we embody mm -hmm. uh, Burning Man principles better? Mm. Well, this is our, I think our main challenge, you know, um, and Burning Man principles, I would say uh, the most important for us is a radical self-reliance. I mean, I would say that that is like a very, important principle 
Um, and it's not that it hasn't worked. It's just that there's room for, for improvement. Mm. And that is something that in our calls with the, with the community and everyone, we're always trying to explore new ideas uh, of how to, you know, uh, acculturize uh, people, our campers, the new campers, um, in a fun way, in a way where they're going to feel engaged and they are going to embrace the principles. Yeah. Is there anything specific that you like to say, like, hey, we tried this thing, it doesn't really work, it doesn't uh, embody the radical self-reliance? Anything specific that you can point to? Um, I would say maybe that um, sometimes we uh, try to, our offering, our nature is to offer a lot, mm -hmm. you know, in the sense of like, you know, we see them all as family and want them to be like, have the softest landing as possible. And that's mm -hmm. our nature. Um, and sometimes it, I think what uh, that maybe doesn't work in our favor, <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, like I... sometimes we have to be maybe uh, more strict and tougher with, with the, you know, the responsibilities. Oh, okay. So like, like, uh, like shifts and things like that. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Uh, shifts, uh, we, we saw a major improvement this year, um, mm. in, in the, in how people in the attendance to shifts. Mm -hmm. um, and I am very proud in our, of our campers in general. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, shifts, it's, uh, at the end of the week, we saw everything, you know, started, <laughs> you know, not, not show up. So how do we incentivize our campers? Yeah. There's something maybe that is not working there. Yeah. You know, something that we're doing wrong that at the end of the week, people start to disappear. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what? if this is something that all, all camps suffer. Oh, they do. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I talked to seven different camp organizers. Uh, it's, it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and it's cool to talk to different camp organizers because then we can, you know, brainstorm and share ideas of what worked and what hasn't worked. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's an interesting tension, right? Cause you had said you want to provide a soft landing to make their life easier, to make it accessible for people who wouldn't, mm -hmm. wouldn't otherwise participate in Burning Man. But there's also value in the transformation of the share hardship. Right. So, so it's like an ayahuasca ceremony because, uh, you know, you want it to be intense, but not so intense that, Nobody goes to it. Exactly. Right? Not everyone's David Goggins can run hundred mile desert race type things. So, you know, how do we make it accessible yeah. enough, but also not too comfortable. We lose the, uh, the value of going through hardship together. Exactly. Exactly. It is, um, a very fine balance, you know, like that, that, uh, needs to be kept between those two. Um, and, and for us, it's like it's important to to have that, uh, you know, feminine nurturing element, um, mm -hmm. and at the same time, um, embracing the the principles. Okay, so to that point, um, sort of the masculine feminine energy energetics, right? Mm -hmm. With the, the masculine is more structural, 
more discipline, more like here's your shift, mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. your responsibility, like do this. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, um, there are some consequences, X, Y, Z, right? You, you know, you're being mm -hmm. told, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> like that. So I'm curious in terms of the feminine leadership style, how would you foster the adherence to shifts as let's actually make it, you know, specific to that? Yeah. I mean, I would say um, for me, leading by example, it is the most important thing, you know, like uh, I feel like if people uh, see what we're doing with the, the amount of work that it takes um, and they know uh, they are a little bit close from us, they then are empowered and incentivized to do it because they have um, an idea of how much it is. Mm. Um, and I feel, for me, it feels right to, to uh, communicate a lot, you know, to share, um, mm. to share what's happening, to, to share like uh, our experience and to share from the heart, you know, to try to be open-hearted with uh, an open com and have an open communication with our campers um that would okay mm -hmm. actually on that note real quick because mm -hmm. i think that's a key uh nugget that you just ch share mm -hmm. with fellow um camp leaders so curious do you share that uh do you make a point to uh share that let's see how do i ask this question <laughs> Okay, you know how when you run stand-up meetings, there's a specific meeting format, right? Mm -hmm. So if you make that into a, a skill to share where you're coming from, from your heart, every step of the way, then that could be, in my mind, effective, right? So mm -hmm. if you can scale that so all of your camp leaders, all of your committee leaders can come from that place, that could be really cool. So how do you... Uh, how do I say this? How do you train your committee members to come from that place? So what we do is uh -huh. um, a monthly call uh, mm -hmm. that is that the the committee of community organizes, and what we do is a sharing circle, you know, and oh. we, <clears throat> we bring a different topic. Uh, sometimes, you know, there's different uh, people that lead it within our camp uh, mm -hmm. that lead that uh, specific day and circle. Um, and maybe we do a uh, small meditation, uh, a meditation to ground, and then we we share a practice, and then we start with sharing ourselves. You no, know, where we're at, if we're going to talk about, the, I don't know. Uh, bringing up a wound or something or a fear, you know, maybe related to Burning Man, you know, and mm -hmm. we, we, we talk about this, you know, we talk about what's bringing, coming up for us mm -hmm. um, in, in, in the journey to coming there. If there is anything from, you know, the past that comes up, you know, what is making us uncomfortable or what is making us resistant Mm -hmm. And also opening the conversation with people towards, you know, how do they feel about these shifts? How do they feel about like this part of like the 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 community and Burning Man principles? So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this I feel like we do it through calls. 
through calls and and sharing circles. I love that idea. Actually. Mm -hmm. So so you ritualize the sharing part into a monthly thing, mm -hmm. and then you ritualize meditation to ground, sharing practice, sharing mm -hmm. ourselves. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming at some point you get to business, right? Some. Yeah, we no. do a different call. Oh, okay. So so there's sharing circle and then business calls. Like so, yeah. you separate the two. Yeah. I see. Got it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about the importance of rituals? Why some rituals might not others? And what some rituals are effective? And what some rituals are not effective in terms of bringing people together? Mm. Um. I, I I can only talk from from um, personal experience. I don't know what the rituals that we use. I understand that may not resonate with everyone, and they, maybe uh, some people see it as you know as a different world, and maybe people even don't feel like you know they really identify with them. I feel like you know here respect is a a, a huge uh, value um mm -hmm. you know because in the end we are uh, sharing rituals of from an indigenous culture mm -hmm. so uh, and it's not a religion and we try to uh, to communicate it properly you know and to make people uh, safe and the rituals that we share are effective because they been um, weaved and created by um, a lot of a lineage of mm -hmm. uh, a lot of uh, with a lot of wisdom you know it's mm -hmm. something that it has been transmitted from from family to family to family and been experimented with if you believe in that, of course, you know, like uh, which herbs to use, which uh, words mm. to use. Um, it's it's based on numerology, is based on astrology, is based on um, scent. Um, it's it brings all of the elements on on how to communicate with them. So for me. This is why uh, um, the, the Mexica rituals are effective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't know any other rituals because this is what I am studying. Um, sure, so of course. I don't know if, um, I don't know, I'm sure that the African uh, culture has so many other rituals and, and the Chinese, you know, but yeah. what I am I'm studying and we're, what we're uh, sharing is the Mexica. So I guess what I'm asking is not so much the specific ritual, which what's mm -hmm. effective and what's not. I'm more asking from the experiential design point of view, because mm -hmm. we can ritualize everything and everything feels heavy because it's like very rigid, mm -hmm. right? Very rigid. And then, but, and then we cannot have any ritual at all. And it just seems not, uh, shall we say, respectful enough of what could be, mm -hmm. right? So there's a sweet spot somewhere of, you know, just having enough ritual where people feel reverence towards, mm -hmm. you know, a value, but not so 
many rituals where like, oh yeah. my God, it's another ritual, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so how do you strike that line? How do you find yeah, that line? I guess, um, for example, in the camp, we, we've been many different rituals, different elements, the, mm -hmm. the spiritual, and also then there is the music part of it, you know, that, that is not only it's live music, is um in, instrumentalists is um djs is and and i feel like the curation of that um that is not so much of one thing and the talks and you no know, the, the different elements and the steam bath that each of it of its own it's a ritual you know and and maybe just uh, you know sharing it from from an authentic place uh, and, and not to, you know, to, to show off or to, you know, like share it because it's something you believe in, because it's something that you like, and the people that that share it also do it from an authentic place. I feel that's uh, what makes the difference. Mm, okay, so quick question there. So something you believe, okay, so a couple of things I hear. You uh, offer rituals in... Um, well, live music, steam bath, talks, content, and probably I'm assuming, you know, let me correct me if I'm wrong, how you start the day, how you finish the day, some kind of a thing like that, I'm assuming, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, 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 and you also said you, the, the speakers or the person in charge, the facilitator, they can bring in something they like, something they believe in. This mm -hmm. is what I gather so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now the question then is, how do you then for you, because you're looking at the whole programming, mm -hmm. how do you then um, manage it so that it doesn't become uh, a mishmash of all kinds of different rituals, right? It's from mm -hmm. Chinese, from Japan, from mm -hmm. Mexico, from then it's like, oh, what is this? You know, <laughs> how do you, how do you, as, as the macro thinking point of view, curate oh, the kind of ritual that like that's, that's in alignment? Yeah. Um, I think it is very in a kind of like a personal way of our own lifestyle. Like, mm -hmm. uh, for example, the programming, uh, usually we weave it between myself, Magdalena, and Raquel, um, two other um, of a part um, collaborators and team and campers. Um, and the way we did it is like, okay, uh, what what worked last year how do we want to wake up you know maybe like usually an embodiment practice uh when we wake up feels right you know to move the body um and then usually like okay at at noon around noon is when the heat is the you know the the strongest so at this time you know there's a, a need for you know for chill you know for being mm -hmm. sitting down and so at this time it's good to maybe to offer a, a, a panel you know mm -hmm. or a, a moment where people are going to be you know needing for this uh, type of energy um and then um usually we have like so in the mornings we have uh, the embodiment practice then we have the the panel then usually we have um, a, well food obviously breakfast uh, lunch mm -hmm. and then usually we have a, a ceremony or an activation 
throughout sunset or a little bit mm. before sunset. Um, the steam bath was uh, running, it's open all day, most of the day. And then at night we host an open mic, we call it open mic session. During We have one open mic session during lunchtime and then a, a concert at night. So open mic sessions are more like uh, a lot of musicians coming together, um, jamming together. And, and the night concerts are more like a formal concert where also live musicians, performers come and, and, and share their, their offerings. And uh, at this time, maybe at night, it's a, for some people, it's, it's really good. Some people sleep at night, no? Mm -hmm. Some people do go to, uh, so, you know, having an energy where either they came back from the playa and so it's very intuitive, I feel, mm -hmm. you know, it's very intuitive, very like also based on, on having a good flow, what works with our community and experience of seeing, uh, you know, what worked in the beginning and, and what didn't work and also leaving space to breathe. Do you, um, do, are you an expert in ceremonies and, and rituals? Do you just kind of bring it out whenever you feel the community needs this and you just bring a ritual in? Like I wouldn't say I'm an expert myself. Um, I, I do feel that many of our campers are uh, very good at doing that. Mm. They, maybe I um, what I do is, uh, yeah, feeling into the energy and maybe uh, telling one of them, you know, how do you feel? Many things happen organically also, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing about having lots of domain experts, right? Yeah. It is like, hey, you do it yeah. like okay sure i'll do a song i'll do a dance i'll uh -huh. cook, cook something i'll do a poem. yeah a lot of campers you know sometimes ask is it uh, you know uh, is, is this a good we leave also some uh, the everyday space for campers offering something mm. um and sometimes it's just a they they ask and if it's the right moment and there's nothing you know they share so mm. it's a lot of happened a lot this year. Mm. So for those who are wondering, like, is that part of the requirement? You got to have some special power to join SACME. No, not really. I mean, just, <laughs> just uh, being happy, um, happy to contribute to, towards mm. like taking the shifts and adhering to burning my principles. Those mm. are the two main, like, if you don't agree with that, then you can't be part of SACME. Yeah, actually, on that note, I want to bring back the mm -hmm. question of, and this is a topic I ask all ThinkCamp, mm -hmm. uh, so this is not just you. I ask all ThinkCamp organizers. There's a, there's, a, there's a tension between this idea of making, as, as you call it, as a soft landing for people. Some people call it convenience camp a camp of convenience mm -hmm. right some people in the in the harshest term would be plug and play camps mm -hmm. right so that's and then and each camp there's a line somewhere between convenience and plug and play so for you for sock bay what is the line between okay we're just offering convenience self-landing for people and then like we're not going to cross the line of plug and play or whatever like for you what's the line between mm -hmm. that 
so um, I feel like we have um, both, you know, some convenience and and some all the way burned. It depends on the person, mm-hmm. you know, the camper. It depends on their situation. Uh, financially speaking, sometimes, you know, um, you know, emotionally speaking. Um, and uh, we offer different uh, options mm. for this, for depending on the, these people, you know, and also what is their offering towards the, the community and the camp. Mm-hmm. Do you mind going into details? Like, I don't. I, yeah. can, I think I theoretically understand, yeah. but I don't okay. really know. What we, have, we have um, a pitch-your-own-tent option. Ah, so, like You can either come and, and, and set your tent, and, um, and sometimes is a, you don't contribute financially towards this. Uh, if you are going to be, you know, depending of, of the situation of each person, no? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, sometimes the fees are lower in this situation, and then there is um, there's a scale, there's mm-hmm. a scale, and it sure. starts there, and then uh, the the what we don't do is bringing driving RVs or mm-hmm. being you know bringing RVs for people. Mm-hmm. Um, what we don't do is uh, you know bike service and a personal concierge service i don't know buying personal items things mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. um we do uh, what we do offer to the people are uh, in rvs is servicing their rvs in terms of like a mm-hmm. gray water mm-hmm. and electricity mm-hmm. for example Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it is, it is a scale and I guess the, 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 the what we are not willing to do is to, to a full concierge, <laughs> you know, we mm-hmm. don't do a concierge service in, in that sense. Yeah. Got it. So, so the line for you, uh, for SACBE is, all right, we don't, you know, no concierge Yeah. as, as in, they don't need to do anything. Everything is ready. They just show up and everything yeah. is already there. And also no, there's no exceptions with the shifts. Also, mm. no, everyone in the camp must do their shifts. So, so question. So enforcement is, uh, let's see, maybe a softer word for enforcement. I don't know how to, what's another word for enforcement, but enforcement is, is challenging, especially for a volunteer or, you know, situations, especially for Burning Man, because Burning mm-hmm. Man is all about the flow and, you know, all yeah. that. So how do you... What happens when they say I'm in your camp and yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna do two shifts, but I, I don't show up. And then what happens? So this year we were writing the names on the on the shame board <laughs> in the main lounge. On <laughs> the main lounge for everyone to see. Yeah, you in didn't the show up. The lounge, <laughs> we were writing, and then when people saw their names, uh, sometimes they were like, "I'm so sorry," and then they made it off. You I know, see. they were like, "I'll do another one." Uh-huh. Um, that was what we were doing this year, but next year we. Do you think that it works? It worked uh-huh. until Friday. Until <laughs> Friday, oh, because yeah. there's no consequence. No one is gonna see the. But then on Friday, people starting to show up less. Uh huh. Yeah. 
<laughs> Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it got okay. like, you know, less and if that didn't work anymore. I see. So we need to do something <laughs> different next year. I see. That's funny. That's actually really funny. Um, and also not in, invite and they don't get if people don't show up for their shifts if people if someone missed one shift and then not tell us and then replaced it uh -huh. uh, it's fine but if there is someone that completely didn't care they don't get invited back next year I see okay great so so that's another um, shall we say incentive right yeah okay great that's that's good to know um, what do you let's see how do I ask this question What's the dream? So say everything, you continue to do this. Mm -hmm. What would you like to see in terms of the camp, the missions of the camp, how people, you know, take what they learn from camp and then mm -hmm. propagate? Like, what's the dream for Sakbe? Yeah. I would like the first, uh, in terms, in, if I see first in terms of sustainability, we would like to be um, a zero carbon, have a zero carbon footprint as a camp. You know, that would be a one huge mission for us. Mm -hmm. um, it would be in terms of the community would be uh, that it works so that there's so many campers that are empowered mm -hmm. that the 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 core team feels um you know that it's not carrying so much more load mm -hmm. than the rest you know that it's balanced that it, we function as a as a network you know that it mm -hmm. is uh, decentralized <laughs> completely mm -hmm. decentralized um and Yeah, and also that we keep, uh, you know, growing, you know, spiritually speaking, that we, that our, our, you know, community solidifies, that our community um, gets to know each other and, you know, our bonds grow uh, deep. So this, mm. this, this is for me what it is I see as, you know, the, the, the mission of the camp. Okay, so each one of them, it's a podcast by itself. So, <laughs> uh, which which one would you like to start? Uh, so, let me ask you this question, though. Mm -hmm. um, I know one of the so the theme from my understanding of you is you're really committed to building community, mm -hmm. and and the, you had mentioned in your bio um, that you wanted to make it into a permanent community, right? Mm -hmm. So how are you sustaining the bond from Burning Man throughout the year to building ultimately a permanent community? Like, tell me, of what are you thinking about? What do you envision? I mean, the, the, the vision of that other project that is, um, you know, separate from, from Burning Man, you know. Oh, okay. I didn't uh, know that. Because... Because we we cannot we need to always keep in mind the commodification. Mm -hmm. um, so it, definitely there is a, the, the the people the campers and the community that is around us is the same, but it always needs to be you know um, decommodified. So so okay so great. <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned that. 
-hmm. how do you separate because yeah. you have a community throughout the year and then yeah. you need to deep you know compartmentalize burning man to be decommodified and everywhere yeah. else you can be commodified so how do you yeah how do you carve out that's the, what the line? we have a different inner refuge uh -huh. is the name of of the brand mm -hmm. and that we use outside burning man mm -hmm. and um, our the retreats that we do the retreats are on their inner refuge name and the community that we are uh, envisioning for Baja California, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's named Inner Refuge. And the vision is to create um, a, a community, uh, a self-sustainable community, um, a real estate development. I don't know how you would call it a, a, a residential home community. Mm -hmm. um, and a retreat center. That is the, the vision for inner refuge. Mm. Um, I don't know if I answered your question. No, I mean, this is great. So uh -huh. so if I, what I'm hearing is to basically delineate, to separate the, the kind of modification effort, that's mm -hmm. sock pay, that's, mm -hmm. you know, not commodify. The other one is inner mm -hmm. refuge, that's commodify. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and also, um, we do the fundraisers uh, for the camp. You know that go as Sagbe camp fundraisers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so we we separate the what's happening. The the the, the programming. It's completely independent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One from the other. Also, the the programming is different the the way it's weaved is different the way it's what weaved and designed design got it mm -hmm. all right okay it, it now the overall purpose the direction is the same just how it's mm. being designed is different is that correct yeah i feel like burning man gives us an opportunity to you know to experiment a lot mm -hmm you know, to experiment, to, um, to play, you know, mm -hmm. there's, there's also so many people that, that are into Burning Man, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a very, very good way to, to, you know, to start experimenting these things, you know, like, uh, the NFT side of it, you know, mm -hmm. I feel much easier than starting it in the business, in a business, you mm -hmm. know, so I feel like there's a lot of learning that we take from Burning Man in mm. that sense as a community. Okay. So since you talked about experimentation and mm -hmm. uh, NFT, uh, is that a creative way to fundraise for SACPAY? We're that, just starting that... to think about it now. We haven't done it yet, um, I but I hopefully this... Uh, coming year uh, 2023 mm -hmm. we'll start trying it out okay so mm -hmm. quick question there so i was speaking to the architect of the temple this year yeah and he shared with me in in passing that it took six hundred thousand dollars to build the temple yeah. it's like whoa you know uh 
I don't think about it when I'm there, but you know, in my mind, okay, it kind of makes sense, right? A few years of design, you know, labor and all those the material, all those things come together. You know, it kind of makes, you know, it makes it, yeah, it, it makes sense. So in terms of running a thing camp, Mm-hmm. And most people don't think about the financial resources it requires to put together programming and all the material, all the you know the things come together. Yeah. So knowing what you know today, what would you tell uh, the younger Maria about like, hey, you know, here's best practices when it comes to fundraising, operating, you know, within budget and all those things that young Maria may or may not know about? Um, mm, From my experience, um, fundraisers from and at the scale where we're at, because maybe Mayan Wire is a completely different scale. You know, they're fundraisers, they have 4,000 attendees. Mm -hmm. Um, So our, at the scale that we're at, maybe fundraisers like gatherings and events and parties uh, aren't usually more of a way to create, to build community rather mm-hmm. than, than actually raising funds. Although it helps a little bit, uh, it's not major. Mm-hmm. I feel like for, for us in terms of budgeting and financials, what works the best is having a plan you know, having a plan and sticking to it, you know, because sometimes it's tempting to be like, and let's add this and let's add, you know, mm-hmm. you, it's, it's a, I feel like we all want to bring so many offerings. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I see that there's camps and camp leads that uh, want to create a lot. And, they, and this is why uh, financially speaking, things get out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, it is like just, you know, uh, budgeting it properly, you know, having a, an, an accurate budget and sticking mm. to it. It's I see. And then most m- most of your funds come from the the, the camp fees, the the ticketing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. So solely, solely from campus. Solely, I see. Yeah. Got it. Okay, good to know. And um, do you have someone who is like an expert in terms of finance, a financial uh, operation. I'm asking that question specifically yeah. because, because uh, I don't want to name camps, but <laughs> some camps are uh, vision, you know, run by visionaries, right? And then they don't have a essentially a CFO person to say, yeah. hey, you know, calm down, you know, we'll yeah. stick within budget. So they usually run over. Yeah. Uh, so, so their recommendation is good to have a counterbalance, like someone who's really good with numbers, somebody who is a visionary, then they can come together and run camps Uh, effectively. Yeah, so um, so far, we we don't have a a CFO. It's been been us, the the core team, running the, the financials and the budget. Okay. We do have advisors now uh, mm-hmm. from from this year that we started doing the committees and the committee of finance that are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is helping us to make the transition to the NFTs and all of this. And we are getting a lot of advice um, okay. on this side. 
but not in terms of budgeting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, in that, on that note, so what have you learned about NFTs as a possible way to help finance, uh, you know, camp going forward? Is it just one time? Is it so every time every year you make a new M NFT or is it, you know, a membership type model where you just make one M NFT and then you can cruise for the next 10 years? I think there's different ideas that have shared the, the, the um, our advisors have shared um, that, for example, we're thinking of building an art car this year. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe that the art car itself is an NFT. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and all of the community has a, a, a part and, a, and, and the ownership of this. Mm -hmm. um, and also uh, ma making pieces, you know, creating pieces. Um, creating what? Pieces? Uh, pieces, like uh, art pieces, you know, or... Oh, put it on the card? Uh, no, and for, for NF like to, to sell as NFTs, you know, that are uh, maybe made by artists within the camp. I see. Okay. Uh -huh. Got it. Yeah. Um, or pieces of the camp, you know. Mm -hmm. um, this has, this is another idea. Um, and also, you know, to start um, maybe selling, uh, also implementing other aspects of it, you know, like being able to take uh, crypto, you know, currencies and to get paid through crypto. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. like there's another, there's many ideas that have come up and okay. this is not my area of expertise. Sure, sure. Well, I guess so. Well, this is well, what I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll follow up in, in, a, in, a, in a few years time yeah. to see which one works the best. Yeah. You know, one of the main reasons why I want to talk to transformational camp or conscious camp organizers is this, because I'm a huge nerd when it comes to transformation. Mm -hmm. I personally believe that, um, everything we do, everything that we see in this world is an extension of our consciousness. Mm -hmm. So if we want to, you know, make the world better, in my opinion, the start mm -hmm. is consciousness shift, right? Awareness, conscious transformation, all these things. So I'm curious for you as the thinking organizer, also for Inner Refuge, you must have seen transformation you know lots of it so what do you track is the impact that you're making is it at the level of awareness is it at the level of behavior change is it at the level of you know uh, meaningful connections how do you how do you how do you know that what you do all the effort that you put in all the life that you put in is yeah. making a difference you know in the world that's meaningful for you yeah i've I think uh, for me, if like, for example, in terms of uh, growth, of mm -hmm. uh, spiritual growth and evolution or like awareness, mm -hmm. um, I would say that the things that are, I notice if people are, are growing in that sense of our, if our community is growing in that sense is if our campers are showing up because they are getting a sense of community, you know, and, and, mm. uh, and, uh, and 
consciousness about each other, you know, an awareness of each other that if they don't show up, it's going to be, um, you know, uh, having report repercussions in in within our community within our team. So people showing up uh, to their shifts is a way for us to to track this uh, this growth. Oh. Uh, people uh, seeing people participate, you know, and getting involved and and giving feedback and wanting to take on more responsibility, and also seeing people of our in our community uh, creating different bubbles around the world you know people living in miami getting together people in mexico city getting together uh people in la getting together and organizing their own um their own events and their own gatherings to meet with each other mm. um, and also um the, the the level of participation that exists post Burning Man, you know, and the interest that the people start having with the the practices that we are offering. Um, wait, wait, back up one sentence. Say that again. What the level of of a interest and participation that we get post Burning Man in the offerings, you know, in the spiritual offerings that we have. I don't understand that. Can you say it in a different way? Yeah, for example, um, if we are teaching a meditation practice mm -hmm. at the camp, um, and then uh, campers start reaching out after to follow up with that meditation uh, uh, I see. practice in a spe specifically. You uh, know, I see. They want to continue diving deeper with that practice. I feel like that's also a way for us to, you know, to um, track the growth, mm -hmm. you know, to see if, the, if we see that there is engagement. Okay. Um, and in terms of more logistical, logistic things, aspects to it, like if we see a reduction in, uh, in the petrol consumption, if we mm -hmm. see a reduction in the water use, mm -hmm. uh, I feel like also this is, this is um, a way to track the, the the growth mm. do you okay so you mean tracking the camp consumption right not the individual consumption yeah the camp got it got it got it got it okay great actually on that note real quick because i know that one big theme is environmental wellness right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there are many different words in the social media that you have mm -hmm. around essentially you know plant planet alignment environmental wellness mm -hmm. So the critics of Burning Man when they say, hey, Burning Man itself is not mm -hmm. carbon neutral. Yeah. In my mind, I'm a fan of Burning Man. So I say, well, you know, it may not be carbon neutral. It may not be even carbon. It's well, not may not. It's carbon negative, but mm -hmm. it's worthwhile because it changes people's mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, people's minds are blown and therefore they're going to go out and be a better human. So in my mind, worth it. For a camp who is about environmental wellness and planet alignment, how do you, let's say, reconcile? How, when people say, it's a long way of asking the question, mm -hmm. how do you respond to the critics of people who say yeah. a burning man itself is carbon negative? Yeah. Yeah, it is a paradox, you know, that I, as a camp uh, lead, 
I have to live with and and work on you know like um, because it is it is a lot it is uh, the way at least that we do it as a camp it's not a full tense and zero ACs we have ACs we have um yeah mainly ACs are huge you know and RVs um and I would say that meanwhile, I, I think what it is uh, kind of like important for me is to know that we as a camp are doing whatever we can to change this, you know, because it is, um, there, it does bring a lot of, a lot of growth for many people and uh, the level of the connections, the, the friendships that come out of it, um, it brings so much positive impact in people. I do think, uh, you know, and, and the, when people start also getting deeper, diving deeper into the principles, I can only see from the impact that it has had in my life, you know, like, um, so it does make positive impact. It's just that it is a paradox that part of the environment because it is not the most environmentally friendly um, gathering you know it could we there's a lot of room for improvement there and for us what we do is like um work with different organizations to even our carbon uh, to to become carbon neutral you know to compensate with our print every year for every camper um uh, start you know this year we did the all of the, the recycling the the all of the habits you know reprogramming putting a lot of energy in reprogramming and communicating um, with our campers and that our campers take these habits into the into their lives, into their lifestyles. Um, so quick, quick, quick question there. Because mm -hmm. it sounds like it's not just awareness. It's not just, hey, this is cool doing mm -hmm. Burning Man, but I'm going to go back and mm -hmm. be a huge energy uh, consumer and yeah. you know buying Amazon boxes and this and that right yeah. I'm but by the way I'm guilty of it so I'm not yeah. saying I'm, I'm better <laughs> <laughs> so so what have you found to be effective in actually causing behavior shifts post Burning Man for your for your people mm, I would say uh, like what is effective is the, the the communication like constant 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 communication and also you know like that when you are there you value it more because it's scarce you know yes. the, scar the scarcity i don't know how you mm -hmm. like yes. it yeah, it's, scarcity. Not as abundant. Mm -hmm. it's not as abundant so uh, the fact that you have to shower quickly you know mm -hmm. that you need to be mindful and we do talk about this things a lot at the camp mm -hmm. uh, about like turn off your ACs and when you're at home also turn off your ACs mm -hmm. you know like it's not only here um, um you know sometimes it's okay to feel the heat you know and mm -hmm. and uh, and get our bodies to be uh to acclimatize mm -hmm. you know to to go through these moments of like not all, always instantly sick for um you know comfort and that so um how can it be measured how is it measured there's nothing that we are no there's no way that we are measuring it like scientific mm -hmm. 
exactly mm-hmm. yet. Um, I just say uh, the only way that I measure it so far is by getting the feedback, the mm. feedback from our campers mm. of how it has made an impact in their lives, how mm. they, you know, make adjustments in their habits after going to Burning Man and to our camp. Mm, mm, mm. I love it. Thank you so much. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so I know that you you have to go in a moment. So so I wanted to segue to uh, what would you say if you if people are listening right now and you're giving them one idea that's gonna really empower them to start forming purpose driven communities. What would you knowing everything you know today? If you can just give them a couple of pointers, what would you say to to the, to the people who desire purpose-driven communities? I would say first, um, it all starts for me with uh, doing work on myself. Mm. Um, it, it starts with uh, looking at myself on having a strong spiritual, you know, path. Um, also, um, using different therapies and techniques to look at myself Mm -hmm. um so then i can have a good relationship with the people that surround me Mm -hmm. and and with the environment you know to learn how to live more uh closer to the earth you know more aware of like and grateful of what uh, what we have um and and then from there i feel that everything flows mm. you know like once you are like doing all this work on yourself and you are a, you know aware of your surroundings and grateful for everything that you have and maintaining and nourishing the relationships that you have then community happens you know everything mm. or everything that you want to create your projects, your visions, if you, what you do is want to create a, 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 a community and a camp and a gathering um, that is sustainable or that is the real mm-hmm. uh, sense of like it has a, is the soul, you know, and the soul is the you. Soul. The mm-hmm. soul. Uh-huh. And the soul is you and, and, the, and the, that soul is this, your soul and the soul of the community that is around you. Mm. so it's like it has the energy of each each community of mm. each leader so we, i would say it's starting with inner work so i'm gonna push back just a little bit yeah just a little bit so say i'll make it personal right the younger ck is very much in his head you know mm-hmm. he did the personal work yes of course and and but he's he's scared is like, yeah, you know, I really want it, but I don't know what to start. What would you say to the younger CK? Hi, mm. mm. maybe joining a community, uh, someone, a community mm. that he's like that, that he is inspired by, mm. you know, and learning from it, mm. and surrounding himself uh, by people that he admires, mm-hmm. you know, and that he feels they are um coherent Mm -hmm. coherent, you know that 
that I think that is uh, that that could be a good beginning. Beautiful. Any last thoughts, parting thoughts for people, the younger CKs, the younger Marias, who dreams about having community, who dreams about forming their own think camps? Any or any last thoughts at all for anyone who's listening? I mean, I I would really like to speak a little bit about um, Planet Buyback, if that's yes, of yeah. Yeah. So Planet, uh, I think one of the biggest uh, gifts and takeaways and, and, and results of creating community for, for me has been um, the creation of a nonprofit organization called Planet Buyback uh, that is um, formed by Maxa Mayan Warrior, Ondalinda, uh, and Sacbe Communities. Um, and it's dedicated to to select different and um, vetted different organizations, vet different organizations that are dedicated to land and ocean preservation. Um, and I feel that for me, this is the magic of it, the magic and 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 the most um important work that we can do if we're like uh, building communities is one a collaboration um and forming networks and using this uh power that we have and this uh, access to community that we have to make positive impact mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, this this I think would be my my last uh, uh, my last words. Use the once you do it, and if you're doing it, use it to create positive impact. So I actually looked into planning bad back. I do I do have a question there. I'm glad you you brought it up. I mm -hmm. like the concept. Essentially, it's a platform, a crowdfunding platform. Mm -hmm. for preservation projects. Yes, mm -hmm. is that mm -hmm. did I understand that correctly? Yes. Awesome. Very good. So question is, why not build, um, build it on top of existing platforms like Kickstarter? That's already having a huge user base and you mm -hmm. can just, you know, make compelling creatives, which, mm -hmm. you know, uh, your community is very good at tell compelling stories and mm -hmm. then use that to drive traffic and, and the kind mm -hmm. of impact that you want to make. Yeah, because uh, we're using the platform to to generate uh, you know more awareness about each uh, organization, mm -hmm. and it's it's a project that we started throughout the pandemic, and uh, until now we haven't been able like we're gonna be launching next year properly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the idea is to create use the events that we already host, mm -hmm. and also create new events to raise mm -hmm. awareness for these platforms. So if for these organizations. So mm -hmm. uh, through our platform, we can we can show more, you know, we can uh, share the content that, that we create. We can, you know, design it in the way uh, it serves the best. So not to belabor on this point, and again, I, what where it doesn't compute for me is the user base is already on Kickstarter, mm -hmm. so you are you your group of you know people are very very good at creating compelling story, mm 
Mm-hmm. And then you're also very good at curating projects as worthy. You have relationship with the indigenous elders. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, where it doesn't compute is why not just make um, basically raise funding on Kickstarter and then yeah. still still do the you know the 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 art the the documentaries the you know fund the community projects you know what i mean so i'm right yeah, that, because know, right. it is it is um i we don't um for for us kick, kickstarter it's not the it's it's a great platform but it doesn't meet all of our needs um mm-hmm. and uh it's we are doing something to also bring community together around it, you know, create these gatherings, it. you know, it. these gatherings, these trips to the to the jungle to visit this uh, organization. So it's through the coming together of the three and the merging the three, the the four communities and the four databases and the four everything. And it's through the platform that we communicate everything because everything is together. Got it. So let me make sure I understand. Uh-huh. Right? So I'm, I'm, I'm asking because I'm genuinely curious. Yeah. Um, is you want to not just, hey, here's some money, go do yeah. this thing because that's essentially what Kickstarter is accustomed yeah. to. You want to uh, um, really attract people who is invested in the, yeah. the cause and who wants to be educated, who wants to visit the land, who wants to, you know, put their resources into something that they believe in. So this for you is a is a rallying cry of a community beacon. I'm mixing analogies, but you understand that mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a beacon of people who is interested in this. Is that an accurate yeah, recap of what you accurate. said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is accurate and. And, uh, and and we feel like, you know, creating our platform so we can share, you know, the, the content that is created through these events and these, you know, it, it fits better our needs than using an independent flat platform. Beautiful. Well, with that said, Maria, I uh, just really thank you for for being here, telling your story. And it's very inspiring. Uh, you know, you've been doing this for 13 years and and, and now you're using the power of community to, um, to curate funds and people uh, who are interested in, in bringing more planet uh, alignment, you know, environmental wellness into being. So really, really appreciate being here and sharing your story on the Warrior. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me, CK. Beautiful. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and inspire you on your journey towards purpose. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of this episode with all the important links at noblewarrior.com forward slash episode number. And also make sure to share this with a friend and subscribe on Apple Podcasts as well. I really love hearing feedback from you. So share a review on Apple and let me know what part of this podcast episode resonated with you the most. Remember, Your higher self constantly points you towards your purpose. And now is the time to take action towards that.